0: Cool. Welcome to the Making F School Cool podcast, the link between research, practice, and theory for those interested in the activities youth are involved with during non-school hours. The Making F School Cool podcast is produced by Case for Kids, the division of Harris County Department of Education, and I'm your host, Mike Wilson. There was a time when teachers used very little, if any, technology in the classroom. Today, technology is a fundamental part of the education process. According to a recent blog from the Louisiana State University Newsroom, some form of technology has been available as an educational tool for over 70 years. Starting with educators using overhead projectors, adding Texas Instruments handheld calculators, then advancing to the Apple Macintosh computer, the accessibility of technology in educational settings is slowly beginning to spread among schools. A recent study conducted by Mid-American National University reports that students complete less than 42 percent of their work both in and out of the classroom, using paper or pencil. In addition, the study found that 73% of teachers said that their students use tablets or laptops every day. Experts have found that technology can create profound changes in teaching and learning, as well as increase opportunities with student engagement and support. The key is knowing how to use technology in meaningful ways. In this episode, we're going to discuss strategies for using technology with students in classrooms and after school programs. To speak on this is my guest, Dr. Monica Barnes. Dr. Barnes is a former classroom teacher, author, speaker, curriculum developer, and ed tech consultant. She has led workshops and webinars and provided keynote presentations to teachers, instructional coaches, administrators, and tech enthusiasts at numerous national and international conferences. Monica started her blog in 2012 to help make ed tech easier for fellow educators and lots, the Easy Ed Tech podcast to support educators who want to simplify and streamline technology integration. You can visit her site, classtechtips.com for more information on how to become a tech savvy educator. Dr. Byrnes, thank you so much for being our guest on the Making That School Cool podcast. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well and very excited to be here with you.
0: I appreciate that. Can you share with us your background and what created your interest in promoting the use of technology in education?
1: absolutely so as you mentioned i am a former classroom teacher i taught in a classroom with an overhead projector and a chalkboard when i started my teaching career um, which doesn't feel so long ago but that <laughs> it keeps going back right as you go that, class right? And uh, it goes fast. And so after teaching in a really traditional classroom, similar to what I experienced right, as a student myself for several years, I was in a position at a school where you know we went to from a traditional public school to a magnet school. So our theme was environmental stewardship. We went one-to-one with iPads in my fifth grade classroom. And that's really where my wheel started to spin around what was truly with thoughtful, strategic integration of digital tools into classroom teaching and learning. That was over 10 years ago. Now, at this point, um, my blog classtechtips.com um, just kind of hit that 10-year, it's approaching that 10-year anniversary of this year where I started sharing stories from my classroom, things that I was interested and excited about. And so I've been out of the classroom for several years now, leading professional development for educators, writing about things related to to education technology but that's really where it started for me as a classroom teacher looking at the best ways to make the most of the tools that we started to have access to
0: and what motivated you to create the class tech tips website uh, i know for a lot of educators we tend to and i've been in the education mm-hmm. field for over 25 years so i agree with you it seemed like it started slow and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it sped up uh, but using technology in the classroom that's sort of been a sort of a slow process and so what motivated you to create your website
1: well it's interesting to think about starting a blog and what the process is to even think that you want to get a domain name right or open up a web page to share and for me you know like many educators right i was in my own little world right in my own classroom i taught at a school that was really wonderful from a collegial perspective of other people teachers on the grade level team, and and lots of people to talk to and share ideas with. But the blog really started out of conversations I had following an event in New York City. Uh, The team at Apple Education asked me to come and speak at an event that they were hosting um, in the city. I went expecting there to be a couple teachers to talk to and share some of the things I was doing. And it ended up being a couple hundred teachers who were there, right, looking for ideas uh, to bring back to their own classrooms and schools. And I literally stepped off of this little stage and had people start to ask, you know, what's your Twitter handle? What's your blog's website? And questions I just didn't have the answer to. And so that is really when we you know, go back now and then fast forward 10 years ago, that was in 2012, where I said, maybe I do have something to share. Um, maybe this is a great way to talk about this new thing that I'm really excited about and learning about too. And that's when I started classtechtips.com. That's when I started sharing primarily on Twitter at this point. And then fast forward to now, I've had my podcast, the Easy Ed Tech Podcast for all almost three years, three years in March. And then I've also shared on all the other platforms, whether it's Instagram update, or even a quick TikTok video with a favorite recommendation or tip uh, to share.
0: It's amazing how uh, social media now a tool uh, for educators, and uh, which is ironic since, you know, public opinion sometimes uh, divided on, you know, what should schools be able to teach? Uh, And then in social media, you can get all this information. And I personally believe that information should be complemented or even introduced by educators, so that you get accurate information. Now, although the benefits of using technology have been integrated into business and industry for decades, why, in your opinion, do you think schools have been so slow in uh, incorporating the use of technology in classrooms and after school programs?
1: Well, when it comes to infrastructure, that's always been a barrier, right? Can our wireless network really support everyone having a device, right? Budget concerns for what can we really bring in here to all the students? But, you know, over the past two years, a lot of those shifts or conversations have been accelerated so that a school that might've had a five-year plan really had to have a tomorrow plan for bringing in technology to help bridge for students who were participating, say, a distance learning initiative. So I think some of the early hesitation was around some of the infrastructure, the logistical challenges, feeling perhaps comfortable in a certain way of doing things or not feeling that push or the impetus or being able to really pinpoint a clear value add that it would provide. But so much of our conversations have changed just in the past two years around what uh, digital devices and thoughtful strategy around technology implementation can really bring to the table. It's been really interesting to see that acceleration or just that shortened timeline that we kind of knew we might go in this direction, but things happen so quickly.
0: And it's sort of been uh, a paradigm shift. I think uh, the fact that uh, school-aged kids, even before they go to school, are introduced to technology and they use technology in some of different ways. Uh, ways in fact i recently heard your podcast regarding how to use emojis to enhance students mm-hmm. learning experiences uh, can you tell us a little bit about using emojis as an educational tool
1: Yeah. So for emojis, which I have to tell you, right? Full disclosure here. When emojis started popping up in text messages, I was like, not for me. I do not love this. This seems silly and cheesy. you know. And I'm sure like many people, my opinion on that has evolved where I do the shrug emoji if I'm not sure about something, right? When sending a message to a family member, right? Or add in a little tropical emoji if I wish I was at the beach that day (laughs) or whatever it might be. But when When it comes to a particular integration within a classroom setting, you mentioned that episode of my my podcast around using emojis in the classroom. There's a lot of ways to bring in those visual cues, right? If you're giving feedback to students and recommending that they watch a tutorial video and they're skimming through and they see the little play button, right? Or something that they know is going to be a cue to take a particular action, right? Just like we see a logo and we know what that thing is before we read what it is below an advertisement, right? It can really help cue for a student what the next step or action item is. There's also ways to bring it into activities. Perhaps you're working with student readers who are reading a chapter from a novel or a picture book read aloud to the whole class. And they might even do a summary or a retell by just choosing five emojis to talk about the sequence of events, right? In that particular um, passage. So a lot of interesting ways to pull it in. They might seem a little funny or fluffy on the surface. But if you have students that are able to use emojis as visual icons when they're creating an infographic to represent the research that they've done for a science classroom, right, you can really go deep. So it's more than just having something fun, which is always nice, right, but really purposeful when it comes to vocabulary, visual literacy, representing different pieces of information. You could go in a lot of different directions.
0: There's so many um, apps now that you can really enhance your emojis and uh, design them to look like you and all of that kind of thing. Uh, One is kind of an interesting kind of, um, I guess, tradition that I've developed with my my daughters. Each night before they go to bed, I'll send them a joke. And depending on what the joke is, I'll you know uh, put in a emoji that relates to it, and then they'll reply, and it's just goofy stuff. I think now that they're getting older, they're just probably entertaining me more than I'm entertaining you know. <laughs> But I do agree that you know using the emoji will add a little something to it.
1: Yeah. And what a great level of just critical thinking, right? That's evaluating all of these, making a choice on which is going to be the best one to connect to even something that's a little bit silly. You're really bringing some higher order thinking skills that I think is easy to be dismissive of, but uh, can definitely pack a punch.
0: Now, you've also authored uh, three books, as far as I'm aware of, to help Mm -hmm. educators use tech. Can you give us a brief summary of each book?
1: yeah so my latest book is called EdTech essentials and it encompasses 10 different strategies for thinking about technology integration and this is a book that was published with ascd i also wrote the book tasks before apps with them that came out a few years ago and a few different quick reference guides so edtech essentials is the one i've been sharing a little bit more recently it just came out a few months ago and it includes 10 big things or big essentials to consider when having conversations around technology integration. So for a classroom teacher, it might be useful for thinking through what creativity can look like in a classroom setting, for a coach or a leader. It might help frame some of the conversations they have when they go into a classroom and are making recommendations or answering questions or even deciding what kind of professional development or additional resources they want to provide for their staff over the upcoming school year.
0: Now, you have a website that contains your blog articles, podcasts, and other resources. And mm-hmm. soon you'll be launching the Easy Ed Tech Hub, Can you Mm -hmm. tell us more uh, about the benefits for people who want to join the club or why should they join the club?
1: Absolutely. So Class Tech Tips is the name of my blog. We recently, just in January, did a big site relaunch with the 10-year anniversary in mind. So you can actually go to the blog page now and use the search bar to find different things, different ideas, all that's right there. And the podcast, the Easy Ed Tech podcast is right there on the blog or on all the podcast apps and platforms that you could choose from. And my membership site is called the Easy Ed Tech Club. So there's about 400 Right now in the group, I started it in 2019, so we're coming up on three years of that as well, and it's a group where every month, we just did the February content a few days ago, every month there's a new masterclass, so a 30-minute or so video that dives into one big topic each month, lots of extra resources, planning pages, potty PD posters, step-by-step guides, so really designed for an educator who's in a classroom and really interested in education technology for a coach who might look for ideas to then share with their staff or a school leader who's looking to wrap their head around the possibilities for different activities in their school community to step back take a deep dive in one big thing each month and really build out their skill set and their toolbox over the course of the year.
0: Well since I uh, recently discovered all the resources about. I think you do some great work. Um, your site provides so many different things that educators or anybody who's working with kids can connect with students uh, using technology, which again, you know, their world is full of technology. So I appreciate the, the work that you've got. Um, any final comments or thoughts that you wanna share?
1: Well, and talking about education technology and, you know, first off, thank you so much for just your your kind words and your invitation to share today. You know, when thinking about ed tech, keeping things simple, right? making sure your tool is light and purposeful is so important. There's so many wonderful things out there. Some of them are brighter and flashier than others. So the more that you can streamline, keep things slim and focused when it comes to your ed tech tool belt, the better.
0: Hey. After school, cool. Well, Monica, thank you so much for being my guest on today's episode of the Making After School Cool podcast. I really appreciate your insight, and I definitely would love to, to uh, stay in touch and um, definitely talk some more. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: As always, I want to thank our listeners for joining us today, where our topic focused on strategies for using technology with students in your classroom or after school programs. Please join us for a few episodes as we continue to explore issues relevant to the out school time field.